So it's Mary and I this month for this month's conversation. <laughs> I, I don't know that. how you feel about that, but we'll crack on. And we're going to have yeah, we're going to have a wee chat around ten things that uh, that we've learned, experienced, or kind of points to challenge us on, and what to look out for as a church family as we look ahead. What to yeah, just observations and challenges. Mm. We hope it encourages you, and more importantly, our heart is that it likes it lights a spark. Mm. Uh, closer to Jesus for uh, and reminds you of his heart for you. Mm. So it's also an opportunity for us to be real as well. I think uh, the pre-recorded gig can sometimes, uh, yeah, it just looks like we're, yay! And, that, you know, that hasn't been the reality this last six months or so. And we just want a space where we can share a little bit as to how it's been for us. So, yeah, that's what we're going to do, isn't it? Yeah. So the first one, we want to... Uh, chat about it's just it's, it's basically around I think one of the main things for me has been the focus on on doing and that this season actually has meant a lot of things have looked different mm-hmm. and a lot of things have slowed down and I, I was just reminded of, of Mary and Martha and mm-hmm. in, in Matthew and Luke sorry Luke 10 and I just want to read out a couple of uh, verses from Luke 10 and we'll be delving into scripture as well through through our chat but uh, it's Jesus at the home of Mar- Martha and Mary and it says in chapter 10 verse 38 as Jesus and his disciples were on their way came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him she had a sister called Mary and this is the line who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said but Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made she came to him and asked Lord don't you care that my sister's left me to do the work by myself tell her to help me Martha, Martha, you're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So just that, I'd done a a sermon a wee while back Mm. on just to remember to sit at his feet. Mm. And uh, I don't get it right all the time. I'm a doer. I like like being productive. And to slow down is a, a real challenge for me, as you'll know. A lot of the time, mm. but I've had moments this last little while. Even we had our prayer meeting last Sunday night, and you were wondering what was up with me because we have half an hour. It finishes at eight, <laughs> and Mary came up just to check what was going on. But I was just stirred after that moment of prayer to just be. So I just was, <laughs> if that makes sense. Mm. And I just sat. I didn't uh, pray or I didn't worship. I, I just was in God's presence and it was so sweet. And I remember Gavin sharing that in his lockdown learning last month. Yeah. Just that thing. It wasn't a thing of having to do something in that moment, but just being, just sitting at his feet. Mm. So I think just to ask us as a church family, do we have those spaces mm. to sit at his feet? Mm. And where that is difficult, like are we are we cultivating that or are we being deliberate about that or is it all about coming to the Lord with doing and uh, I think that's been a real key thing for me have you got anything to add on that I think as well though sitting at his feet doesn't have to look like sitting still in a room yeah it's about having that attitude of sitting at his feet and that 
going about your even going about your day and going about what you're doing having that heart of receiving and that heart of being just with god not distracted yeah yeah like a mindset because martha was distracted you know. wasn't she yeah yeah she was distracted by the, everything that needed done mm -hmm. yeah that's true okay that's a yeah i don't know oh well <laughs> that's my one yeah cool what have you got love we're going to try and do turn about <laughs> and see how it goes yes so my one is stirring an attitude of gratitude mm. so it's about thankfulness and encouragement so um yeah i was just reminded and i've, I've mentioned it before i think in one of my talks um, when we read the communion verses that we read every time we do communion, um, on the night he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus, it says in the Bible, took bread and broke it. Um, and the bread symbolised his body, didn't it? It symbolised that his body was going to be broken on the cross um, and that it was going to be sacrificed for his friends. But before he did that, he gave thanks and broke it and gave it away. Um, and that just reminds me and encourages me that in um, even times of real hardship, real difficulty and facing things that we might not want to face even, that God calls us and commands us to have a grateful heart and a thankful heart, um, mm. even in that season. And there's so much blessing to be had in that. And even speaking to my friends, um, some of you guys from church, I know have been really... Um, looking back and pondering in this season, it's been a time of reflection where you kind of can look back, can't you, and see where God has ha had his hand on your life, maybe all through your life, and you've not had the chance to actually sit and reflect and see that. But now that we have more time yeah. um, in our homes, that we're able to do that, and God is just showing us how um, good he's been and how faithful he's been to us over for some of us many many years yeah. and I know that to be true for me and when I do that when I spend that time just thinking back on each and every moment that God has weaved his hands in and through my life to this point I'm just utterly thankful and grateful for absolutely everything and you think you know your life could be so different but actually that he's brought you to this point right now um and in the goodness that he's had over us um, as a family, as a couple, as personally, um, it's just amazing. And so I would just encourage you, even if you're feeling um, down and you're feeling a bit bogged down at the moment, to just look up and just reflect. And there was a season in my life, um, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, it was back in Ellen and we'd just moved and we'd start, started a site. And we were longing for our family and um, God had been speaking to me about this, about thankfulness. And there was a writer that had started journaling and every day she would write um, what she was thankful for. And it might just be little things like her reflection in a puddle or seeing her children running across a field or um, anything at all. It could be a big thing, it could be a small thing. Um, but just to write them and it was called a thousand, she wrote a thousand things down. She had it like by her sink or something mm. in the kitchen. Um, so I had one by my bed because I was feeling so um, fed up at that time and just feeling really down. 
and I just knew I had to lift my eyes out of that place and it just helped me to do that and even now if I find that journal and I look at it it just brings me back to that place and every little uh, note in there just reminds me of how God has been so thankful and it, it just does wonders for you it just encourages you so much um, yeah that yeah it's good that's that it reminds me of Joshua when Joshua crossed the river and uh, that the 12 memorial stones to put as a marker as a remembering mm -hmm. the moment and I remember not quite 12 memorial stones but somebody spoke to us about uh, keeping a little bottle of Prosecco or something just to celebrate and to stir thankfulness uh, you know always have something that you can draw from and uh, somebody asked us during the middle of lockdown you know have you had ta a chance to look back and be thankful and dropped a, a bottle of Prosecco like on our front door I, I, don't, I can't remember if it was the same person, but it was certainly within a day, wasn't it? So we cracked open the bottle of Prosecco. We'd had a rough day. You were on the ward. You were tired. But we're like, we're going to do this. We're going to make a deliberate moment of asking each other what we're thankful for. And, and you're really good at the dinner table. We'll do that without fail with the boys. What are you thankful for today? Struan says, mummy, every day. That's why I love it. <laughs> The day he says daddy, we'll, I literally will jump up and go, come on. But uh, so it's, it's just this discipline of, and yeah. when you're in the valleys, when life is hard, when you're struggling to see God, like stir thankfulness, have a look and see what around you or where around you have you got things to be thankful for and to mark the moment in that, to mark the moment and say, I'm, I choose to be thankful. Thank you, God, for yeah. this house. Yeah. Thank you, God, for my family. Thank you for friends. Thank you that I'm able to work yeah. through this pandemic. Thank you that I, uh, I'm able to have a meal in front of me. So it's good, isn't it? And I think sometimes as well, <laughs> blabbing on now. <laughs> Go for it. Often we, we as people look at the, well, I do, look at the negative. And the negative is the one, you know, if I come away and I've had um, at work, it's the one or two difficult things that will be in the forefront of my mind or maybe on a Sunday mm. who will be quite critical will come over like oh this this wasn't I didn't say that very well or I could yeah. have done that better I could have um, mm. you know spent more time with so-and-so and we can be so critical and actually it's quite good for us one of us will usually be up when the other's down and vice versa or one of us will say actually this thing isn't that amazing that we had like someone give their life to Jesus? Like, why are we talking about these silly little things? Um, but it is these silly little things sometimes that take over and flood our, our minds. So it is, yeah, good just to to draw back. Good. We could do a whole talk on that, couldn't we? <laughs> uh, number three, there's a lot to be found in the small. Uh, it's a kingdom thing, so not to neglect it. Just a reminder for us all not to neglect it. Matthew 13 speaks about, Jesus speaks about the parable of the mustard seed and the yeast. Uh, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants, becomes a tree, becomes a tree, becomes a tree, so that the birds come and perch in its branches. Uh, and then you also have the kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed in about 30 kilograms of flour until it worked all through the door and I, I love that parable I love that reminder just now because in all sorts of different ways we can feel what we bring in this season is so small mm -hmm. and uh, insignificant 
And we feel that sometimes as leaders, like what we're bringing to this online church thing is, or what, we, you know, as a church, oh, we're so small. And, you know, but God blesses it. And it's mustard seed living. And I think as a church, we've got, we've got to live out of that place, that kingdom mindset of mustard seed living, that what we're planting will take root, that what we're planting will not only, uh, will not stay small, but will grow, will grow up, will grow out. And actually the very fact that birds are going to perch on the very tree where that mustard seed was planting. So it's drawing other life is coming to that mustard seed. So uh, it's, that's, that's been a reminder for me. I think uh, there's been moments through this season where I've been like, oh man, this is this is hard. And, you know, preparing all this stuff for, for online church and uh, just having moments where you're feeling a bit deflated and, and going, oh, oh dear, this is this is feels like walking through treacle. But then I've had moments where uh, I've, I've been massively encouraged. Like even what we do with the food bank, it isn't, I mean, Nest Bank, the scale of that is incredible. When we're given our faithful mustard seed moment into that, and I was in Asda the other week doing that shopping with a mask on. And the checkout operator said, uh, oh, you're baking? Because it was like eggs and flour. And I was like, no, no, no. It's for the food bank at Nest Bank. And she said, oh, are you from the vineyard? Oh. And uh, she says, I've been watching some of your services. I recognise you. And I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> so it's like in our mustard seed moments, God, that's a good weed. That could be a book title, Mustard Seed Moments. Mustard Seed Moments. Uh, <laughs> in those moments, God is doing more than we think. And uh, we don't need to see it or feel it to know that. So that's been a little reflection. There's a lot to be found in the small. So if you feel you're operating in the small, that's a kingdom thing, guys. And keep on keeping on. Number four. What are we at at time? Let me just have you look. We're okay. Is We're the good. On? Yes, the heating's on. Yes. <laughs> it's getting cold now, isn't it, everyone? I've got a. We've got our. Do anyone else have a winter wardrobe? Oh shush. We have a winter wardrobe that we take down, and I have uh, my idea. winter wardrobe uh, shirt on today. So <laughs> anyway, that's not number four. No. Get out your winter wardrobe. No. Number four. Number four. It's okay not to be okay. Yeah. Um, it's lovely phrase, isn't it? It's been going around recently. Um, yeah, about mental health, isn't about it? About mental health and just um, the awareness of that more and more and to be okay about not being okay. Um, and I guess um, for me, it would be at the beginning of lockdown. For me, um, prior to lockdown, I think most of you will know I'm a nurse at the hospital and um, that's what I do most of the time and just prior to lockdown one of our students was sent from our department to have a day with a consultant to learn more about what they were doing so she'd had a day there and then on her way back we were getting ready packing up to go home and I was asking her how did you get on was it really interesting did you learn a lot um, and she was saying actually they're reconfiguring the whole hospital Mary they're doing um, all the wards are going to be changed around, they're going to have a COVID and um, palliative ward for patients just for dying, they're going to have HDU wards, it's all going to be changed and it, um, that was the first I kind of heard of it and also just speaking to a few of our anaesthetists were absolutely um, terrified and that look who are usually really joyful and encouraging to see them look really fearful and afraid and begin mm. to not know what was ahead of us really in the hospital. And there was a sort of strange 
feeling. It was just very quiet. Things started to cancel. A lot of cancer surgeries would cancel and um, there was just a strange feeling in the air. And it was then I began to sort of have a bit of a wobble before lockdown actually um, of what that would mean. We were all going to be redeployed um, from my department to the wards. We weren't sure where we would go. Um, mm. Would we be able to stay at home? Would we be moved out of home? Blah, blah, blah. Um, so yeah, that was when I had a bit of a freak out moment and was really upset and the fear of the unknown, what would that mean and not being able to see family and not being able to have church, not being able to have a hug and um, my friends. Um, so yeah. We had that, a good old moment together, didn't we? Yeah. Where it was just, I've never seen you like that. In our 11 years or so married, it was, it was quite hard for me to, yeah, because like, I was hearing about it, but like you were right in the thick. It was hard for me to compre comprehend, and I think, mm -hmm. yeah, it, it really hit you hard, didn't it? Just the potential of what this could be, and I think it's all for nursing. Closed in in that for sense, nursing. You go into nursing, you never think mm -hmm. that you have to put your career ahead or what you do before your family. And you know, we a lot of us have children. We were all hugging our kids, not sure what that would look like for us and if something were to happen um, would that mean that our children would grow up thinking they chose to go to work and look after other people rather than be at home and be there for us mm. and these things crossed my mind in that moment and it was horrible and horrendous um, and there was a lot of us in the same boat and thankfully it wasn't that bad with us in Inverness we were in our ward and it was very busy but in terms of COVID, it wasn't um, mm. as bad. We pray that it won't be um, yet and we won't be moved again. But yeah, so I phoned a very good friend. <laughs> she calmed me right down and we had a good, um, yeah, cry and a pray together. And yeah, it was really lovely. And actually the things that are out with our control are out with our control, aren't they? And the things that we can control, we can control. And yeah, I think we've all probably been on bits of roller coasters for everybody and actually there's been times where we've had those moments of freak out and times where we've been okay so mm. yeah I guess it's okay being it's okay not to be okay and I was just reminded in the Psalms that there they are the Psalms in the Bible a book in the Bible written by David are all crying out to God there's songs of lament really crying out to God in times of real difficulty and, and struggle and yeah he said things like um, these things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire, um, out of the anguish. You know, the anguish increased. Um, rescue me, Lord. You know, he speaks again and again about these things um, mm. in the Psalms. And I would just encourage for all of us just to cry out to God that yeah. our emotions, our fears, our angers, God has given us these emotions. Um, and it's okay to cry out to the Lord and we should cry out to the Lord and tell him how we feel and he will hear our cry and he will respond. So I guess that is my encouragement mm. to be real um, with yourself, to be real with your friends and to be real with God and be okay about that too. Yeah, it's good, it's good. Uh, another thing for me is around... Uh, the, I remember watching a talk a number of years ago, and I can't even remember, I think it was Steve Furtick at Elevation Church, an American pastor, and he was chatting to a, a, an elderly man who was a retired pastor, church leader, or a leader in some sort, 
and he was saying, you know, how did you, how did you, in terms of the legacy and the years that you poured in, how did you survive? And the guy said one word, and he said, play. And Steve Furtick thought he misheard him and said, oh, you pray. Tell me about your prayer life. I'd love to learn about prayer. And he says, no, 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 I play. He said, when I, get, when I got home every night without fail, whether I had an extremely tough uh, situation to deal with or uh, I've had a stressful day, I rolled up my sleeves, I went into the living room and I got down on my knees and I played with my kids. Mm -hmm. And I've, I heard that a number of years ago and it, it so sustained me during this season. We have this living room converts into a WWF wrestling ring <laughs> and we just play. Yeah. We play Power Rangers and Marvel superheroes and <laughs> it's been a real life giver for me. So uh, it's a nice short one. What are the spaces mm -hmm. where you can just play? What are the spaces yeah. where you can not, you don't need to take yourself too seriously. And you might be, you might have kids at home, you might not, you might be a living yourself, you might be a big kid, but what are the things that you can play that, that bring life and joy and uh, enjoyment? And I, I just want to, I think a great thing for me over this last six months has been not to neglect those things, but to, to get down my knees, roll up the sleeves and, and play. So whatever you guys will know as you listen, what that looks like for you guys and uh, what perhaps some actions you need to take where that's been lacking but uh, to play not just pray <laughs> okay point six is lean in don't give up on church mm. is church a place of god's presence for you or um just programs and would you have i suppose it's looking back again isn't it over what we had meeting on sundays yeah. at church and i wonder what that meant for you um, and I wonder if you've been pondering what that meant for you. Is it been something that you've always done? Is it something um, that has become a bit mm. of a habit? Or is it actually pursuing God's presence um, and a choice to be in his presence? Um, we love the local church, obviously. We always have done and we always will do. And that is um, God's vehicle, isn't it? Mm. God loves the local church. It's his bride. It is his vehicle, his hope. Um, he delights in it. It's not perfect. Um, it is not perfect by any means, but um, it is family and it's being together and belonging and having that place um, to be. And I just guess, yeah, isn't it great just to reflect in this time yeah. of what that means for you and coming into his presence and actually what is it God wants to say to me in this time on a Sunday? What is it that he is speaking to me about? And what's gonna, that going to change for me? Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Because everything's been taken away mm. and stripped back, isn't it? It's all like the clearing of the temple that we spoke about earlier. And uh, just what what is church in that sense, mm. you know? And I think, uh, yeah, just it's good to journey that, isn't it? And to church is reflect not on meeting, that. But it's people, isn't it? Uh -huh, church uh -huh. is people. But a, yeah, but there's a... So we are the church. Yeah. But there's still that space for togetherness within that and pursuing yeah. together, you know, yeah. and, and not just to be full of the weekly diary of loads yeah. of stuff, but it's like pursuing, is this the heart yeah. of God? Is this pursuing his presence? Is this, yeah, it's good. It's good. So don't give up is what we're saying. It's what we're saying. It's <laughs> good. Great. The next one is what's meaningless and what's, <laughs> what's meaningless and meaningful? 
<laughs> you say it too many times. What's meaningless and meaningful? Uh, we, we spoke about clearing the temple, and I think for a lot of us, and for me, there's just a lot of reset, isn't there, and lots of things. Mm. Loads of people are buying bikes, loads of people are out in family walks. Just seems... talking about electric bikes just now. Are they? Yeah, everyone at school and it seems That's to good. be the thing. Anyway. Yeah. But there is just this whole thing of like, what am I for? But you had a work colleague who literally asked, is there more to life than this? Yeah. And it's like, you're zoning, what? Yeah. <laughs> That's the question of Alpha, you know, the Alpha program. But just to, a challenge, you know, what are we doing that's meaningless? And what are we doing that's meaningful? What's bringing us life? And uh, I, I found an interesting stat that looked at the average life of a 70-year-old when they reached age 70 and just the percentage of what they spend their life on. Mm -hmm. Let me just read out some of the stuff. So you sleep for 23 years, you work for 16 years, mm -hmm. you watch TV for eight years. Wow. That's crazy, isn't That's it? That's crazy. That's a lot of Netflix and a lot of EastEnders. <laughs> Eat for six years, travel for six years, leisure for four and a half, uh, you're dealing with illness for four years, dressing, you dress your clothes for two years, you, you dress yourself for two years. Wow. Sure, some of us will be slightly longer. Or less. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I dig at me and I dig at you. It's longer or less. Uh, religion, so church going, like half a year. And that's the total of 70 years. Wow. What are we doing that's meaningless and meaningful? Uh, the last thing one knows is what to put first. Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God. Mm. Seek first the kingdom of God. Where do we need to realign? Where do we need to? Maybe we're already doing that right now. If we are asking ourselves through our, our week by week, day by day, what am I doing that actually I don't need to be doing? What am I doing that's bringing life, that's following God's plan, that's bringing his purpose, that's sharing his God colours around this city? What can I push in more in terms of that? What's meaningless and meaningful? Next one. Who's in your circle? Yeah. So I wonder um, who's in your circle. When things get tough, um, when yeah, you hit a bit of a wall perhaps, who is it that you turn to or what is it that you turn to? And I guess for a lot of us, we would maybe phone a friend or go for a walk just now because that's kind of all you can do. Um, but I was just... Um, yeah, challenge. Actually, it could be really helpful just to think, who is there that, that will bring life into the situation? Mm. Sometimes I think um, we can be able to get, go to somebody who will listen to us and sort of um, soothe our wounds and say, oh, poor you, yeah, 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 poor you, that must be terrible. But actually, it needs to be more than that. Is there somebody that will say, actually, let's speak life into the situation. Mm. Let's see what God wants to say over you or who you are in this situation. Let's pray and bring it to the Lord. And I think, um, um, yeah, for me, if I've had a, yeah, a difficult situation and I know there's a prayer session coming up, um, it's the best place you can go um, to the prayer warriors of the church to ask them to draw alongside you um, and you know that they're there for it they're mm. there for you and they're there for it and they love 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 when they can do that for you and I think that is what 
is amazing about church, isn't it? And that's why small groups are so fantastic. Yes. I think you can't really tell everyone everything, and sometimes that's not always maybe helpful to tell everyone everything, is it? But to have those um, two or three um, people or seven or eight, if it's a small group perhaps, that you feel comfortable to share, be open and be vulnerable and be real with, um, sometimes that takes courage, <laughs> often that takes a lot of courage um, to be real and to be vulnerable, but actually I would encourage you, and I know a lot of you have been doing that and it's amazing, and you'll be able to say like me how encouraging and fantastic that is, and there's nothing like it when you leave and knowing that you've left it um, with Jesus, mm. and other people know and are sharing and journeying with you, um, yeah. it means so much. That's good. And also, yeah, don't give up on your circle, I guess, as well. Eh? That, that awareness in this season that your circuit, circle might become a triangle. <laughs> or, or, or perhaps, you know, it's yeah. just like, look out for people, look out for one another. Yeah. Keep connected, you know, your circle, you know, you'll know who those couple of people are. And uh, there might be an element of changing the dynamics of that circle in this season where you make it more deliberate mm -hmm. with two or three people that know you and love you. And it, let's make this a thing. You know, there's a, a common thing yeah. around churches like triplets, they're called, yeah, where you just right. journey with two other folk and you're like, right, let's commit to uh, meeting up. Obviously, it looks slightly different just now, but just chewing over what's going on in my life, praying for each other and just forming that strong connection in an intentional way. So I think circles can... Accountability, even. Yeah, right? yeah. So that's yeah. key, isn't it? So d d being deliberate in this journey, isn't it? Yeah. And if you've not got that... To, to shout out as well and, and just be intentional about that and not journey it alone, isn't it? Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Uh, I just want to speak about prayer. Prayer for me has been a a real uh, source of uh, encouragement for me this last wee while. We, last two years really, since we started the early morning prayer walk, uh, half six every Wednesday morning or seven o'clock. It's half six just now via Zoom. Mm. But uh, just to encourage us, uh, that for me it's been a conscious choice conscious choice I think that's the right term but yeah. a con and a constant blessing so there's been mornings especially just now when it's getting dark <laughs> where uh, it's been really tough to get out of bed and I'm like oh my goodness this is hard work but afterwards it's a constant blessing so I just want to for me putting that deliberate mark marker in the sand of like every week without fail I am going to pray at Wednesday at half six. I'm hitting the couch. I'm going to pray at half six. It's been incredible. And it stirred a rhythm, actually. Somebody said, and I totally agree, on Wednesday morning we were gathering, uh, by doing this and putting that marker down, I pray more through my day. Mm -hmm. My prayer life has actually entered a new season. And I think mm -hmm. that's so true. It's so true. Mm -hmm. I, I seem to turn to God more deliberately and intentionally by putting that discipline and conscious choice in my week. So I just want to encourage us as a church family this next season, come to Revive, come to anything with prayer on it. Make yeah. sure you're taking time uh, corporately to prioritise that, but just individually as well. We've done a number of things in terms of that. I think last year we've done, you know, say the Lord's Prayer through at some point in the day and uh, just have a point in your, your day where you say a short prayer uh, as, you know, through what's going on in your day. But, Anything we do, we just want to encourage you as a church family, anything we do with prayer, any the word prayer in it, like just do everything yeah. you can to connect in with it in this season because prayer is a weapon, it's a source of connection with God 
And I just want to read very quickly, just around, uh, there's this book that I read called One Long River of Song. I read it through, it was a random, I seen a person reading it. It's all about wonder. I seen it on social media and I bought it from a holiday in July. And there's a, a, ch a little chapter where he speaks about listening. And it just reminded me of God, how God listens to us. And uh, this is what he says. Among the many things that my father was very good at was this. When you said something to him, anything at all, anything in the range from surpassingly subtle to stunningly stupid, he would listen carefully and attentively and silently without interrupting, without waiting for increasing impatience for you to finish so he could correct you. Uh, he would even wait a few beats after you finished your remarks on the off chance he had something else you wanted to say. Then he would ponder what you had said and then without fail he'd say something encouraging first and uh, before he got round to commenting on what it was you said. And he did this not he, he did this not once but many thousands of times, not just with me but with family and all sorts of other people. And uh, his listening is now largely a thing of the past. He and his ears have achieved a great and venerable age. His hearing is a shadow of what it once was. His mind is as sharp. Uh, but this morning I find that I very much miss that one little thing he did so well. The way he stared at your face as he spoke, as you spoke, with all his soul open and alert for your story and how he would wait a few beats when you were done. And then he would lean back and consider what you had said. And then finally lean forward again and say something gentle and encouraging. That he would often then add something wise and piercing is true, but that is not what I want to leave you with. I want to celebrate his listening. It was a rare and extraordinary and unforgettable thing. Isn't that like our father? He's ready to listen. So prayer. And then finally, in seasons, this is a season of opportunity. This is a season for opportunity. At the beginning of lockdown, a quarter of people tuned into an online service. Mm. One in 20 people have been praying during this season. Uh, what have I wrote there? 6,000 people uh, signed up to a prayer line down in England in the first 48 hours of it launching during lockdown. Mm. And I was on a call last week where somebody shared that it's inconceivable that God isn't redeeming in this season, that there's uh, that God isn't making things new. Pardon? That God doesn't have a redemption. Yeah, that doesn't have a redemptive plan in this, mm. and I so agree with that. There, and it was just sharing about. Uh, it was actually Chuck, who's the regional uh, overseer for Scotland, and he was just saying he doesn't think, and I agree with him, that there's, there'll be a greater opportunity to share the gospel, and to share God's love in this season. And I am 100% in agreement with that. Yeah. So I want to encourage us. There is opportunity in this season. God is moving and we have his presence in us. We have his presence in us. So whatever this next six months, uh, whatever comes, whatever uh, we have to deal with, whatever we have to journey, we have his presence in us. And there uh, is always opportunity mm. where there's that feeling of oppression or a battle that yeah. often there's opportunity uh, in kingdom in the kingdom set for God, God's kingdom to advance yeah. so that's why we're pushing on with the van and we believe that will be a vehicle of hope quite literally <laughs> that's why the office feels like a, a real exciting thing in terms of presence in the city but also going live and just having that interaction with our church family as well that's why we're we're not going to sit back 
but we're going to push on and push in as a church family and take some risks. Faith is spelt F. No, it isn't. R. No. <laughs> I was about to actually spell faith. Faith is spelled <laughs> R-I-S-K. And uh, we're all for that. We want to go on an adventure. We don't want to look back and think, what if? We want to look back and think, imagine if we never. So that's, that's us. So I'm going to pray for the week ahead. I hope that's been a blessing. <laughs> um, yeah. I hope you've taken one thing or God's spoken out of uh, those little ponderings. Yeah.